Hello everyone, this is Picks with the Professor, episode five. Today we're talking week three of the 2021 college football season. I am your host, Professor Sides. As always, the picks will be posted and tracked on Twitter, BetStip, and the Google Sheet. Links are in the description below. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe. And as a reminder, don't forget to catch this week's After Dark episode where we talk just the late games. Back with me today to break down the week and make some pick are both of my co-hosts, Starting off, Cousin Jared, who went 7-4 and four last week to bring his season record to 15-8. and eight. I- I'm just going to give you the floor here and uh, let you gloat. Well, it was a good week for sure. Definitely. I like having a little cushion here at the beginning of the season. But the thing that's going to stick with me um, or stuck with me all weekend and through the beginning of this week is how badly I missed on the Northern Illinois-Wyoming game. Uh, I thought that under was a lock and I could have doubled that number and it still would have gone over. Um, so uh, of all the wins that I had this weekend, uh, that loss is what's sticking with me the most. Hey, you know, the good news is that it only counts as one loss in the score sheet, right? You don't, yeah, you don't get exactly. double wins for good ones and double losses it, for bad Exactly, ones. but it just feels bad to be that wrong. It, but nonetheless, well, it, yes, yeah. It, the joke the whole you know the whole weekend was that both of those teams were going to hit that number by themselves. It was yeah. that was just a wild a wild one. Yeah. Uh, but yes, leader in the clubhouse there. That's cousin Jared. Also with me is Jack. Had the week off last week. Sits four and four uh, for the season. But that's still better than the model, who's one game below five hundred last week. So the model for the season. 32, 33, and two. So, so Jack, you, you get to gloat a little bit too here. The whole I, I tell you what, place. Professor, I, I, I was very close to retiring. You're like, four and four. Four and four. Being, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. This is among the best I've ever done in a pick through a couple of weeks. So I am very pleased with my results so far, um, hey, which is yeah. why you'll probably see me be a little bit more conservative this week. Hey, hey, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Uh, let's get right to the games. Uh, all lines this week, courtesy of Circus Sportsbook. And I'm going to talk quickly about the Thursday Friday games not a ton to say about them but I do have an official pick on the Thursday game and one of the Friday games Thursday uh, the model is taking Ohio plus 20 as I make that line only plus 15.4 at Louisiana and then Friday I've locked in Maryland minus seven as the model makes that a shade over eight at Illinois exactly how good Illinois is is kind of hard to say at this point but my model thinks that Maryland is the better team so we have Two picks there for you if you're interested in those early week games, but we're going to focus most of our attention on seven games Saturday, and then at the end of the session, we'll do a rapid fire. We have a ton of picks just to throw at you where we don't have a ton to say, but we're going to spend most of the time here uh, with these seven games. We're going to kick off with Michigan State, who is getting six and a half points at Miami. Cousin Jared, why don't you go ahead and kick us off? So I feel like what we're going to see from this game on Saturday is going to be very similar to what we saw this past Saturday with Miami and Appalachian State. I think Michigan State is a very comparable team to that Appalachian State team. And, and App State was this close. You and I talked about it last week. You almost talked me into taking App State. I almost. didn't do it. Yeah, I should have. The model was right on that one. App State uh, covered easily. Uh, I think we're going to have a similar story uh, this week. And I think the thing that's impressed me most about Michigan State is they've been taking care of business so far this season in a very un-Michigan State type fashion. Uh, They played an FCS team, I think, last week. I'm not even sure. Whoever it was, was no-name team. They've struggled with those teams in the past. They've been known to let them hang around. They scored five touchdowns in their first seven drives uh, last Saturday. Very efficient. And we mentioned this last week, but 
it's going to be dead in Miami. It's an 11 a.m. kickoff, I believe, 11 a.m. Central Time. Uh, it's going to be dead. There's not going to be any fans there. Um, I mean, unless there's a cat that needs saving again this week, there's going to be very little excitement. Um, so I'm taking the six and a half points with Michigan State. Um, I, I think they can keep it close, if not win outright. I mean, can we just talk about how weird that game was just period? Like, forget covering. App State was that odd safety thing from sending the game to overtime. Yes, that was a wild game where it, it felt like App State was going to pull it off the whole time. And then at the end, yeah. when they, they couldn't. It was a little bit of a letdown, it seemed like. I, I think we have to start asking the question, is, is Miami good? That's a good question. And it's I don't know you, if we know you, that yet because they, they got destroyed by Bama, which, you know, no fault there. Bama destroys yeah, when, almost everybody. Exactly. And then you they with Bama, really and then, underperform at home against App State. Yeah. There, there's been a track record of the teams that get demolished by Alabama in that first game neutral site, whatever it is, kind of taking a few weeks to recover. I think Miami might fall into that category. I, I The reason I was hesitant on App State last week is I think Garrett King is the best quarterback that Miami's had, and I can't remember how long. So I wanted to think that he'd be able to overcome that. But I, I think we're seeing the same dip uh, from Miami that we're seeing from all the other teams get, get their butts kicked by Alabama in week one. Right, so that's an official pick there for Jared on Michigan State plus six and a half. I am also on Michigan State plus six and a half. My model makes that only about a two-point game. Has Michigan State a lot closer uh, to Miami than um, the, the spread indicates. I agree with everything that was said right there. Um, and I'm still giving Miami full home edge in that one just because I don't have a you know, it doesn't really matter if I give him one point more, one point less. It's still a solid Michigan State play. I'm kind of willing to eat a little bit of crow here on Michigan State. Early on, I said I thought they would be really bad. They look much better than I thought they would. This still very easily could be a loss, but again, uh, not as bad as I thought they would early. They definitely took care of business that first game against Northwestern. Maybe look kind of like a fool on that one. So uh, Jared and I both on Michigan State plus six and a half on that one, which leads us to another Big Ten game, Kent State at Iowa. Iowa is a 22-point favorite. Jared, I think you're passing on this game. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's right. Um, Kent State, sneaky good offense. Uh, problem is, you you wouldn't know it. They played Texas A&M week one, which has a really good defense. Problem for Kent State is Iowa's defense is just as good as A&M's, I think. So um, if I were looking for something here, I might be looking at like a first half play, maybe an under or, you know, maybe take the points of Kent State, hoping that Iowa comes out flat after the big win last week. But uh, yeah, this is definitely a stay away from me. See, I'm kind of feeling the opposite, Jared. I, I guess you're I guess you're worried that 22 points won't be scored at all in this game. That that is possible. For, for previous Iowa teams, I think I completely understand that. Like, when was the last time Iowa was ranked in the top five? They had a team well, didn't they get into the like, Orange Bowl? Yeah, they beat Georgia Tech in an Orange Bowl mm-hmm. like it was, 14 it, years ago. I don't know if they cracked top five even then, because I remember it, that being like the the odd one out of the bowl games that year. Didn't they but, go to the Big Ten championship game one year undefeated or something? And the whole conversation was, it's like, you have to have a talk with your kids about an undefeated Iowa team. I yeah. It seems to remember something about that, but they didn't yeah. play anybody. That was back when the exactly. West was yeah. way worse than the East yeah. was, or the whatever. I don't know how they've done division. They, yeah, we, we, we legend something. Yeah. I mean, Jerry, we might yeah. be getting another one of those years because Ohio State is not on Iowa's schedule this year. That is correct. To deal with, they have to deal with Wisconsin. Um, and I think they have to, Get, they host Penn State, and I think that's it in terms of the Big Ten schedule. Yeah. The rest looks pretty straightforward. This might be Iowa's chance to just like throw in the exclamation point on, hey, we actually are good this year, we promise. 
I, I am actually liking them to actually make a statement today, this week. I'm going to lay the 22. All right. I'm laying the 22 as well. Uh, so that's both of us. The model says a little over 24. I, I, I like kind of what you said there, Jack. What's the talk all week has been, oh, well, Iowa just won because their defense, their offense is awful. And I'm not going to lie. Their offense has not looked great so far the metrics back that up but again this is their chance to kind of go out and make a statement so i don't see um i see a lot of motivation for them to not let off the gas to try to look as good as they can offensively against one of the weakest defenses that they're going to face all season and say hey guys we are for real it's not just our defense it's our offense too if they're going to try to score 50 this is the game to do it right here and so that's Jack and I both on Iowa laying 22. My model doesn't like laying big numbers often, but it is laying them here. Next game, Northwestern at Duke. Uh, Duke is a three-point underdog at home. Jared, where are you at on this one? So I think at this point, we, we all know what we're getting with Northwestern, right? I mean, this team's clearly not as good as last year's team, but overall, like, you, you kind of know what you're going to get. Um, but here's the key, guys. I think Duke might be really bad. I mean, really bad. So uh, they had a three-week stretch in October of last year where they beat Syracuse. They played North Carolina State fairly close, and they beat Charlotte by 34 points. But since then, they've lost to North Carolina by 32, lost to Georgia Tech by 23, the Georgia Tech who lost to Northern Illinois a couple of weeks ago, lost to Miami by 48, lost to Florida State by 21, who lost to Jacksonville State. And then they lost to the same Charlotte team they beat by 34 last year, two weeks ago. I don't think Duke's very good. Um, so I feel pretty safe playing three points with Northwestern. This will be a hideous game. Please, please, please do not watch it. But I think Northwestern will prevail by maybe a little bit more than three points. But, but Jared, you don't understand. This Duke team had to drive all the way to Charlotte. Well, yeah, I know. That's, that's, it could be a tough place to play, but still. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you got the <laughs> I mean, jet lag. You don't know where you're going to eat lunch. I mean, the, the, the possibilities are endless, Jared. Yeah, I, I don't know if the drive to Charlotte makes a 37-point swing, though. So, so I, I <laughs> agree. At 30, though? <laughs> yeah. I, I disagree with you on one point. Like, I... I don't know if we know what we're going to get out of Northwestern. Like, I think I, I generally agree that they're probably not as good as last year, but there's still a lot of variability on how good they might actually be, all depending on how good you think Michigan State is. But I completely agree with you that we know what we're getting out of Duke, and it is absolutely nothing. Yeah. I, I, I too, like the road favorite here. So that's both of you gentlemen on Northwestern laying a field goal. And this one's going to get fun because I'm actually on Duke. The model likes Duke. And I, maybe, I should, yeah, exactly. maybe I should say the model doesn't like Duke. The model thinks Northwestern is just as bad. It has both of these teams ranked very poorly. The model did not just, take very kindly to that opening day performance that Northwestern put up against Michigan State. I just booed the host of a podcast I'm a guest on during the podcast. That's pretty solid. Yeah. Pretty I, cool. I think that speaks well of my decision-making abilities. <laughs> yeah. Bold strategy. Yeah. The idea here is I've got this at close to a pick -em. I think the idea is the model says both of these teams are garbage. You're getting a full field goal at home. I don't like this play really at all at plus two and a half. I think it's a stay away uh, for the model. It's that getting the field goal that matters and that this is going to be an ugly game. It could easily be a 10, 10 late type game. Then you're just saying, Hey, 
maybe my side wins 13 10 i get the win maybe my side loses 13 10 and i get the push so it likes the the it likes the dukies here getting a full field goal uh so interesting that it's going the opposite way uh from you two maybe it's how maybe that affects all of our decision making maybe we're all thinking like this could just be a three-point game and we'll all pretend it never happened yeah, I mean, that might be the best thing to do is everyone just pretend the scheme is. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I promise that that will be how I look at it. Yep. Exactly. exactly. All right, move, yeah, exactly. Moving on here, we have Arkansas State is playing Washington. Uh, Jared, you have a pick on this one, and I think I know exactly where your brain's going. Yeah, so was that not an easy win last week or what, taking the under in the Michigan-Washington uh, game? Uh, that was one of the easier wins that we're going to have all season. Yep. Um, so... Uh, I'll cut right to the chase. I'm going back to the well here. Um, I, I think there's still value playing the under in the, the Washington games. So the the kind of catch in all this where you, you, you couldn't swing me, but you might have an argument. Uh, if anybody watched the Memphis-Arkansas State last game, uh, which I believe the model had a play on and came out with an improbable push. On a, like Should have a been five a point on a five point. Yeah, on a five, on a five. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was just like the craziest thing ever. Arkansas yeah. State plays so fast. So just the pace of this game, I think that you're probably going to score more points than you probably think you would. And this may not be quite as easy to win as you you would think. But I think that Washington is going to come out. I mean, they just need to win. They want to, they don't care how ugly it is. They just need to win at this point. I think they're going to try to possess the ball for 35 or 40 minutes. They don't want to get caught up in Arkansas State's pace. They want to do their own thing. Um and the thing is, if they possess the ball for 35 or 40 minutes, I still don't know if that's going to translate to points. So I, I, I have no problem playing under here. I'll believe Washington can score points when I see it. So I, I'm sticking with the under of uh, 58 and a half points. Therein lies the danger of your logic, Jared. I, I think they might very well try that. But, but can they hold on to the ball for 35 to 40 minutes? And I think that remains to be seen. Yes, you're 100% correct. This could backfire on me. Yeah, this – again <laughs> – I look forward to this game being 90 points in triple overtime. <laughs> yeah, it'll, last... be, it'll, be the, it'll be the second time that's happened in two weeks. So it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So my model doesn't actually look at totals, so I can't endorse a, an official model play on this. Uh, but just as a human, I, I like this under as well. Washington's offense is abysmal. I, I don't know what their plan is. I don't know where they're going. Uh, I don't think they know where they're going. I don't think they know which direction the end zone is. It's yes. really bad. And so I, I think the same thing. There's a, I have a couple of plays in rapid fire. I'll talk about this where there's a few teams where I think you're running out of time on the value that's there mm-hmm. because everyone's about to catch up and realize some of these things that we're seeing now. The numbers just haven't quite adjusted fast enough. And I think the Washington under is, is one of those as well. So that's just my, my personal two cents, even though it's not an official uh, model play. Another game that we're going to dissect uh, that we think there's value on here, but maybe you don't want to watch Middle Tennessee State at UTSA. Uh, UTSA. Where do we find these games? And they, they all happen. Some, most of this, this happen this, on TV. These, these teams are not playing this week. <laughs> UTSA is a 13 and a half point favorite at home. Cousin Jared, what do you got for me? Yeah, so uh, not, not a lot to say here other than um, – I, I could be wrong on this, but I feel like it's, it doesn't happen very often where you get one of these really low tier, um, you know, group of five teams, Conference USA being the example here, where you get a team that's just really hyped up. 
And then they actually come out and match all of the hype through the first couple of games of the season. So everybody was saying that UTSA was going to be, you know, a really good team this year. They went on the road and beat Illinois, and then they just demolished their opponent last week. It, it was never even close. So I think this is going to be one of those lower tier teams where they just decide, we're going to run up the score. We have no chance of making the playoff. We have no chance of really achieving anything, but we're going to try to run up the score in these games as much as we possibly can. And, and they're definitely good enough to do it. So uh, Middle Tennessee State has just been, pardon the pun, middling the past few years. Um, I have no issue laying a 13 and a half here. I think UTSA is going to bowl over and win by three touchdowns. Say the name of UTSA's opponent last week, Jared. Oh, I have no idea who it was. They were up by like 35 at half. It was Lamar, like Jared. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty bad. But they took care of business. They do what they're supposed to do. Okay, okay. Yeah, fine, fine. <laughs> I don't know if I'm comfortable laying 14, though. I guess I don't have to. I'm laying 13 and a half, aren't I? <laughs> but no, as a general rule, when you're dealing with football teams in the state of Texas, you defer to the residents of Texas of which the two other people on this podcast are, and I am not. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, the model actually is going the other direction. The, the model likes middle Tennessee. Oh, well, I don't know I'm what actually, to think anymore. Yeah. I'm actually taking the 13 and a half. So we're head to head on this one. The um, Godspeed you know, guys. Yeah. Everything you said about UTSA is not wrong. Here's the, the thing that I'm going to point out though, is that coming into the season, UTSA was Plan to be favored in nine of their 12 games. So if you just said what should happen, right? And of course, they this is why they played the games, blah, 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 I get all that. But they should have finished nine and three. And the three um, games that they wouldn't be favored in, they, they, you know, just pull one of them and they get to 10 wins. They've done that. Now they're on track for 10 wins. Mm. I'm not sure they're that good. I still have them ranked really low. Um, Middle Tennessee is also very bad, not a top 100 team, but I just mm. don't think the UTSA is that good in order to lay that many points. Mm. This one feels like a game that UTSA is up 7 to 14 late, and then the question is who scores? The model just says on average – uh, they think that UTSA is going to win by 10. So who knows what will happen in this game of one, but I've got value here. So I'm taking Middle Tennessee State in plus 13 and a half. Jared is laying the 13 and a half with UTSA. This seems like a prime opportunity for a backdoor. It absolutely could be, uh, or, or a front door. We've, we've, yeah. we've seen both of those happen lately. You just never really know. It's, it's, a front door is more likely here at 13 and a half, and sometimes those numbers are the 20s or something that the team's not trying to score late. So you never really know uh, with a number like this. But this is what you come to this podcast for, for the analysis of Middle Tennessee State and UTSA. I, I dare say you won't find as much talk about this game in any other podcasts that is this correct. week. So there might be a reason for that, guys. You sure. know, you got to give the people what they want. And I feel like the people want some, some Middle Tennessee State. Okay, we'll just move on. Um, Utah State. <laughs> Utah State's playing Air Force this week. Uh, that game is in Colorado. Utah State is a nine-point underdog. Jerry, what you got for us? Okay, so uh, as as this wasn't quite as stinky as the Iowa, Iowa line was last week, but, man, when I saw this line open, it opened at 10 and then dropped down to 9. Oh, man, this was – this stunk to me. Okay, I, I don't get it at all. Utah State went on the road and beat Washington State. Washington State's got their own problems, but still, a good win. Uh, First-year coach, the 
Anderson, can't remember his first name, came from Arkansas State. Uh, great win for him in his first game. And they beat North Dakota last week, 48-24. Not North Dakota State, but North Dakota still good. Uh, took care of business at home against North Dakota last week. So they've been playing pretty well. Air Force beat Navy, but I don't know if y'all heard the story about the Navy offensive coordinator. The athletic director fired the Navy offensive coordinator after the game, but apparently didn't ask the head coach. And then the head coach was like, whoa, 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 that's not going to happen. And Ooh. then he brought him back as the quarterback's coach, but he's not calling plays anymore. Ooh. Yeah, this, well, number one. So that's the state of affairs at Navy. This is the worst Navy team in a very long time. I have uh, a question. Looked, and, and they looked awful last night. I, I, I have a question. Ooh. What does the quarterback's coach at Navy do? He's apparently the best option coach in the game, is what they say. So to answer your question, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's got to it's got to be something around how do you run the triple option? I mean, apparently yeah. he called plays uh, in addition to being the quarterbacks coach. But yes, I do not know what that is. So uh, Air Force is apparently getting some credit for winning that game, although I, I'm not sure that they should. And they also beat Lafayette the first game of the season, 35-14. But on a yards per play basis, they were even with Lafayette. So I mean. You know, I, I don't feel like we have much evidence to say Air Force is very good. I have no idea why they're laying eight or nine points against a team that has a win against a power five opponent. Um, yeah, I would have made this a pick em or maybe like Air Force by a field goal. So yeah. I, I'm definitely taking all the points here with Utah State. I'm honestly more impressed that UTSA beat Lamar than Air Force beat Navy. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad we I'm glad you brought this up, Jared, because I, I was doing some digging like into the actual like series of the game because i watched the abysmal 0-0 first quarter of that game mm -hmm. and then navy kicked a field goal and i turned it off and apparently i missed like the game yeah. yeah um navy had 11 drives last saturday eight ended in a three and out a ninth ended in a wow. three and oops the ball the snap went over my head safety and then they had that one field goal that i watched and then they had the last drive of the game and and that was what they wrote Apparently, there was a reason the athletic director fired the offense coordinator. After the and, and that's what we, we said yeah. this exact same last week. We said that Navy's offense was very bad. There would be a lot of three and outs. And we thought that would lead to more points because it would, mm -hmm. it would you know, Air more Force. But, but yeah. that's the thing is that is that to, to this game, Air Force's offense isn't that good. I watched the game and I thought, because mm -mm. just Jody had the over. So I'm, I'm, pull, you know, I'm pulling for Air Force. I'm pulling for the over. And that one, I'm thinking these three and outs are great. Air Force has got the ball, good field position. And they couldn't do much with it no. until the end. They finally got a few points. But they they were given a gift with how bad Navy's offense was, and they didn't do anything with it really. They won by twenty. They won by twenty late, and they had opportunities, you know, to be up twenty thirty easily in the third quarter. Oh yeah, and it yeah. Just like took, a, it took until a, the very a, end. a competent offense would have made this a forty point game. Absolutely, you get eight three yeah. and outs, and that field position, a good college offense. Yeah, so destroys them. Long hating on Navy way of saying I completely agree with Jared. Like, <laughs> like. Where, where is Air Force going to find the points to cover nine? Right, right. Yeah. And the, so, go for it. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I'll, I'll say the same thing that I said last week about the Iowa line. I, Vegas probably knows something that I don't know. So we can definitely come back and replay this whenever Air Force wins by 17. I think the uh, one hey. time I tried that, I lost. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the model agrees with you. The model agreed with you last week, said it was a crazy high Iowa edge, and that turned out to be right. The model says the same thing here. So I am mm -hmm. backing you as well. I am taking Utah State plus nine. 
you said that you would make the line somewhere around Air Force, pick them a minus three or whatever. But the model says that the line should be Air Force minus three and a half. And mm -hmm. at that point, you still look at it and maybe you take three and a half, but you sure as heck don't get anywhere near nine. So the model right. loves this play as well and says that plus nine is, a, is a, an edge worth taking. And then for the, the last game we're going to deep dive into before rapid fire, we have another nine point uh, advantage. Virginia travels to North Carolina, where North Carolina is a nine point favorite. What do you have for us on that one, Cousin Jerry? Uh, I'm taking the nine points with Virginia here. So uh, Virginia would have covered every ACC road game against this number in 2020. Uh, last year, they would have covered it. Uh, against every number that their current starting quarterback was playing, except two. Uh, one of them was against Clemson. The other one was Virginia Tech, which Virginia just can't figure out Virginia Tech for the life of them. They beat them, I think, uh, in 2019 for the first time in, I don't know, like 17 years or something ridiculous. Um, so they've always had some issues with Virginia Tech. Uh, but probably most importantly, they've beaten North Carolina in the past uh, two years outright. The other thing is, and you know, I, I, I sent this pick in to y'all during the week one podcast. I laid the five and a half points in North Carolina at Virginia Tech. And I just, I, I can't get the image of that game out of my mind because that North Carolina team that showed up that day, there's no way they should be giving nine points to Virginia Tech. So, or sorry, excuse me, giving nine points to Virginia. So I'm, I'm taking the nine points. This seems a little too easy to me, especially since Virginia's beaten them, uh, you know, the past two years. So I'll take the nine. You know, there, there's two games in this seven-game slate that we're talking about right now where, like, a lot of the picks and a lot of the the, the evidence depends on how good you think Illinois is because UTSA beat them and Virginia beat them. Yeah, yeah. Now, now Virginia beat them by far more than UTSA did. So Virginia beat think, the pants off of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that so game was kind of close-ish for a while, not because I think Illinois hung in there, but it was, you know, turnovers and a couple things like that kind of hung in there. But by the end, Virginia just dominated them. Mm -hmm. So, so you, you have to either believe that Illinois is at least competent or you have to believe that Nebraska is going to have a very long year. I think, I, the, I think the truth is closer to the former, which I think makes the nine, taking the nine make sense here. The model also is taking the nine points. It says that this should be a shade over a touchdown. So not quite the same edge we had in the last game, but also thinks that nine is too many points. So it's one of the many model plays we'll have this week. So it's, it's with you, Cousin Jerry, there, uh, taking the nine points with Virginia. And now for rapid fire, we have almost an extended rapid fire session this week. A ton of model plays. I might give a sentence or two about each one, but there's get not your pencils out, everybody. Get your pencils out. Yes. Yeah. Uh, again, all these are the Saturday games here. So Northern Illinois is at Michigan. Michigan is a 26 and a half point favorite. The model says 29. So it says lay the points with Michigan. How much of that was based off of last week playing Washington? I'm not really sure other than the fact that Northern Illinois is really bad. Uh, Michigan had no problem uh, running up the score in week one against a very bad team. So I don't see them having a problem doing that again this week. Virginia Tech is a two and a half point dog at West Virginia. My model says the wrong team is favored. It says even on the road, Virginia Tech is the better team and should be favored. Does not like mm -hmm. West Virginia that much. And so I'm taking Virginia Tech there. This line surprised me. The Virginia Tech line? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, again, it, it thinks that Virginia Tech should be a small favorite. So uh, how much value is there at one or two is kind of hard to debate. But if nothing else, just which team is favored kind of says a lot. Um, you know, so another idea there, if, if you're uh, of that kind, would be taking the money line there. Um, Nebraska plus 22 at Oklahoma. I don't know what to make of Nebraska. I, I didn't think they were that good. I took Buffalo last week. That was very, very wrong. Buffalo yeah. hung in there a little bit, but they were never in that game. Yeah. 
Oklahoma did not look good against Tulane. It's obviously what happened last week against an FCS opponent that's being discounted. The model says this game should be 18, not 22, so we're getting four points for free. Oklahoma might try to run up the score. They couldn't run up the score against Tulane. So mm-hmm. I'm this is a historically important game for both teams. It is. It is. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if anyone like who's attending the game will care at that point, but like huge big eight game. And I don't know when this is going to happen again. Right. Right. Uh, uh, New Mexico. I would, I would be shocked if I bet on Nebraska for the rest of the year. I can't <laughs> see a scenario where I do it after how they looked. Week and, and you're not going to start by betting on them in Norman, right? No, no. Hey, no, Hey, no. we got a couple of stinkers like that later. Sometimes the best picks are the one that no one's willing to make because it means you're getting an edge because no yeah. one's running to the window to bet Nebraska. That means maybe you should. So just something to think about there. Yeah. Tune into the after dark show because I'm going to give the model its props on one of the games from last week. Oh, looking forward to that one. Uh, New Mexico at Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a 28 and a half point favorite. I don't know if y'all saw this. New Mexico struggled to put away New Mexico State last week, historically at the bottom of the rankings of Mexico State. So my model says Texas A&M should be favored by 35 in that game. So one of the rare cases where I'm laying a huge number, the model thinks New Mexico is just not very good at all. Interestingly enough, Jack, Grew up in the state of New Mexico, Jared, a Texas A&M alum. Oh, please. And I feel no, like neither one no. of y'all have anything to say about this game. <laughs> it's just both like, at whatever. You, would you like me to make the argument for why I think New Mexico could upset Texas A&M? I don't think there is one. No. Please don't. <laughs> Tumbleweed? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know where you would go with that one. Purdue is getting seven points in a rivalry game at Notre Dame. I'm taking Purdue there. My model says it should be under six. So you're not getting a ton of extra points, but you're getting free points where they matter around the seven. So anything seven or above there is a good play, in my opinion. Georgia Tech is getting 28 points at Clemson, another stinker, a game that you your gut is going to say, lay the 28 with Clemson. They are the better team. They are the better team. Georgia Tech, with their backup quarterback in, looked a little bit better than their week one starter. My model says it should only be 22 and a half. Again, no one's running to the window to take Georgia Tech. That means maybe you should. This is a nice 24-point win for Clemson. No one will care about the game. It will be ugly, but Georgia Tech has some value there. USC at Washington State. I am taking Washington State plus nine. This is not a vendetta about last week, but yes, I do not like USC after last week. That game was a disaster. The roles completely flipped somehow. We had a Stanford team that scored with speed and got pushed back at the line of scrimmage and a USC team that could not make a big play happen whatsoever. Of course, it led to the coach being fired. I woke up the next morning, gave the recap to my dad and said, I think USC looked like they needed a new coach. Sure enough, 24 hours later, that coach is gone. So I'm taking the nine points there. The model thinks it should only be about six and a half. So this is an official pick on my part, but I would probably lean the opposite direction because with US, when USC is involved, I just tell myself, what's the worst thing that could happen? And the worst thing that could happen is this interim coach comes in and lights it on fire and they are, you know, forced to make a decision. Do they want to keep him or do they go out and get somebody else? This is like classic USC. I can see them just like running the table for the rest of the year you know rejuvenated get clay helton out of there he's been a dead man walking for a few years they come out on fire and play great in this game i'm not picking it but i think that's much more likely to happen than you know maybe some of the alternatives 
And you might be right. Here's what I will say about that, though. Watching that USC game last week, they, you don't really know were they not focused? Did they not show up to play, which is, again, a bad job on the coach? Or is there just some deficiencies there in that team that are real problems? And that's the question that, of course, you have to ask yourself before you make an official play. The model just says, based off the analytics, again, based off how bad they looked against Stanford, who looked that bad against Kansas State, who barely beat Southern Illinois last week. And again, I know transitive property doesn't hold. I'm not trying to imply that. But there's enough happening here that it just says nine points is way too many. On the road, a lot of these Pac-12 games, when you have have weird upsets on the road because it it gets late, wonky things happen. Well, just because we stopped paying attention to them, everything just goes to hell and back? (laughs) Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Another team coming off of from hell and back, Florida State. I'm taking five and a half <laughs> with Florida State. Yes, at Wake Forest. Look, I mentioned this last week when we talked about why I like Toledo against Notre Dame. And that was a winner right there. Was is and I, we didn't talk about Florida State because they were playing an FCS team. But is there a letdown from Florida State and Notre Dame after that incredible Week One game? And I think you saw that. I'm not really sure. That, what Florida State, that was a catastrophe. Yeah, I don't exactly. And I don't know what Florida State's plan is at quarterback. Again, just looking at the metrics here, it says that yes, Florida, it knows Florida State lost to a one double arrow FCS team. It just thinks that that's too many points. It should be more of a field goal game. And so it says there's value with Florida State. Uh, this game to me goes one of two ways. Either Florida State comes out and kicks butt or they are just completely deflated and they lose by 15. So this is one of those games where the model says, on average, it, they shouldn't be giving uh, or shouldn't be getting almost six points, and so it says there's value there. Another one of those clunker games we talked about, Tulsa plus 27 and a half. The model says it should only be 23. They're playing at Ohio State again. Another game. Everyone just from a mental standpoint, everyone's saying, "Oh, Ohio State's going to come out of that loss and show them who's boss, and they're going to be motivated to play or whatever." There are some issues at Ohio State. The model picks up on that and says that's just too many points. Go find, again, go find me people taking Georgia Tech, Tulsa, things like that. There's not a lot of them. That means there's value there. doesn't mean they'll win this week, but it means that there's some value. A play where my model actually is laying a large amount of points, Arkansas laying 23 and a half against Georgia Southern, says it should only, it should be actually 26 uh, points, not 23. Um, we talked last week about Arkansas, Texas. Uh, the model is giving Arkansas a lot of respect for that win. They played fantastic. Mm-hmm. just giving them a massive yeah. boost. It's, it's, I don't think it's, it's not taking a ton away from Texas. It's just giving it to Arkansas. They looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it thinks that they're going to be able to have their with Georgia Southern. There is a little bit of a letdown concern on that game after what happened. But if they play as physical as they did against Texas, they are just going to manhandle Georgia Southern. Yeah, that, that was the second straight Arkansas-Texas game that was borderline erotic, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah, because the previous one was that. We're not at the game. after dark show yet, Jared. <laughs> yeah, we gotta hold off on that one. Hold on. <laughs> Think of the children who are putting State. their money in Vegas. Yeah, uh, Mississippi State at Memphis. Memphis is getting three and a half points. My model says that should be a pick'em, so I'm taking three and a half with Memphis at home against Mississippi State. Memphis with that disappointing push last week, only winning by five. At this point, they just got to keep it close against Mississippi State. Old Dominion, again, you please do not watch this. Old Dominion is getting plus 28 and a half at Liberty. The model says it should only be about 22 and a half. So you're getting six points for free. Take the value. Don't watch it. Hope it's not a blowout or you got the backdoor opportunity there with the hook on the 28. Uh, I have not seen either one of those teams. I do not plan on watching either one of those teams. This is just a straight, the metrics say Old Dominion has value. So I'm going to roll with it. East Carolina is at Marshall. Marshall is a 10-point favorite. I am laying the 10. The model says it should be 12. We've already got to the window with Marshall early on in the year, hoping to do that again here. 
Uh, Florida International is getting 20 and a half points against Tech. I'm taking all of those points. The model says it should be 17 and a half. The model thinks that Tech has some problems, especially after last week, not looking as good uh, as you would have hoped. And so it just says that's too many points against Tech. Utah at San Diego State faded Utah last week, and that worked out well. We're fading them again this week, taking the eight points with San Diego State. The model says it should be on the other side of seven. So again, not a ton of free points, but free points where they matter. Uh, I don't know what to make of San Diego State. They were awful against New Mexico State to start the game. They looked good towards New Mexico State is just sneaky, scary, still will go winless. Uh, yeah, I'm not willing to say, not after that week one or week zero performance against Utah, I'm not willing to say that yet. But you, New Mexico State, two and one against the spread. So something to keep an eye on uh, as yeah. the season moves along. But San Diego State looked fantastic. What's, what's the yeah, saying? Great, good teams win, great teams cover. Exactly, exactly. And so we're hoping to get there with the win, to the window with San Diego State getting eight points against Utah at home. Another clunker, South Carolina, plus 31. Georgia is fantastic. It's at Georgia. The model just thinks it's too many points. Uh, there's not too much to say. A 30-point SEC game that doesn't involve Bama. Yes. Georgia is not that far behind Bama in my power rankings at this point, but the model thinks it should only be 25, so you're getting six free points there. A game that you might actually want to watch, Auburn and Penn State. Penn State is a six-point favorite. My model is taking the six points with Auburn, thinks it should only be four Central Michigan is plus 20 at LSU. I'm taking Central Michigan there. The model thinks it should only be 14. That is a wide margin for there. This is one of the ones I mentioned earlier. I think we're running out of time to fade LSU. I think now is the time to do it. I do not think they are good. I think people are going to realize that soon. I think this is one of your last opportunities here. I'm not saying LSU doesn't win this game, but Central Michigan is a solid team and they should not be getting that many points against what I think is a very mediocre LSU team. So I think this is your one of your last chances to uh, fade LSU. It's been a problem the entire time that Orgeron's been there. They've had these, uh, you know, non-Power 5 teams come, come in and just give them way more trouble than they should. So that would kind of fall into what we've seen the past few years. Yeah, yeah. Stanford is a 10.5-point favorite at Vanderbilt. I'm laying the 10.5 with Stanford. I don't know what to make of Stanford at this point based off those last two weeks. I do know what to make of Vanderbilt. They are really, really bad. Rice at Texas. Texas is a 25-point favorite. Texas switching quarterbacks, which I think I like. If you saw any of that game last week, they looked like a different team with a quarterback who wasn't afraid to run the ball. Who, uh, To me, he was more able to see man-to-man coverage, defensive backs with their backs to him, and a lane and take off and take his 10 yards, whereas Card was not doing that. So I think the back quarterback helps them out a lot. My model thinks this should be a 28-point game. And so lay the points with Texas there in a bounce-back spot. And then my last rapid-fire pick, Tulane, is getting 14.5 at Ole Miss. I'm taking those 14.5 points. My model thinks it should only be an 11-point game. Ole Miss is a very good team, but you saw what Tulane can do. They are not going to go away. They're going to score points. Uh, That could be a really fun game. I highly recommend keeping that one on the docket because that game could be like 60 to 50. Uh, So, so interesting story that nobody else will care about but me. Um, I told myself if this line, the total on this opened uh, below 76, I was going to take it. It opened at 71. I grabbed it at 71. It's now up to 75. It may end up at 76 or 77. So to your point, there will be fireworks. I think it's going to be very entertaining. Yes. I. At least we'll finally get, we'll get the answer to, like, what ha- is Tulane good, or was that just OU's usual, like, 
non-conference home dud game. Yes, and it's going to be a lot of interesting uh, week. A lot, a lot of things happening here in week, week three where how you feel about a game depends on how you feel about another game. And as we get the data from this week, it's going to really start filling in those pieces and we're going to start being able to make some, some stronger connections here with that extra data point. So real key week there. That is my rapid fire. Jared, I think you've got a couple that you wanted to talk about here. Yeah. So to, to wrap up my picks for this episode. So uh, I am with you on Stanford. I'm laying the 10 and a half points uh, against Vanderbilt. Uh, I, Obviously, I think the quarterback change there definitely helps Stanford for sure. Uh, that kind of makes me a little more optimistic that uh, maybe Stanford did some good things more so than USC did some bad things there, except obviously USC's got the problems. Uh, but speaking about Vanderbilt, uh, got to the window last week with our under in the Vanderbilt Colorado State game. Terrible game. Watched almost the whole thing, though, because I was invested. It was very and bad. It, it was very bad. At no point uh, while watching that did I feel like I was watching good football. So kind of to roll with that, I am also fading Colorado State. Uh, I'm laying 14 and a half points with Toledo at home against Colorado State. Um, Vanderbilt beat Colorado State last week. Vanderbilt is bad. Colorado State is also very bad. So I'm laying the 14 and a half points with Toledo. Yep. I, I think you're right. Those are some really bad teams. Vanderbilt. Uh, I, I actually had to look back at my power rankings last week in the middle of the game. I didn't realize how low they are, but when you get down to Vanderbilt, the only teams below them, the only power five team below them is Kansas. And then the other teams below them are the, the dregs. I mean, the, the UTEPs of the world and those type of teams, uh, then of course you get to the Yukons, the UMasses, the Mexico States, but I mean, there's not that many teams below Vanderbilt in my overall rankings. They are losing by 20 to East Tennessee state. will do that to a team. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. All right. Well, that is going to wrap us up for another episode of Picks with the Professor. Thank you for watching. Please like and subscribe. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.